Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 2nd of May, 2022. It is Rosh Chodesh, Aleph, Iyar, the 1st of Iyar, 5782. Just several days here before Yom Atzmaut, celebration of Israel's 74th independence in modern times will take place on Wednesday night and Thursday. Unfortunately, we will also be commemorating Memorial Day, Yom Azikaron, which starts tomorrow night, Tuesday night, with the sound of the wail of the siren at 8 p.m. Israel time, Tuesday night, and then an, another siren on Wednesday as we mourn the thousands who gave their lives for the state of Israel, both in military service and those who were murdered in terror attacks. So, it's an emotional week here in Israel for those who have been here. Uh, you certainly could argue one of the most emotional weeks of the year here in the Jewish state as we mourn those who gave their lives and then immediately afterwards celebrate our independence. I don't know if any other country does it like this, but there's certainly uh, there's certainly nothing like it in the world. Uh, getting to the news here, coming to you from Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel. Unfortunately, another murderous, murderous jihadist terror attack in Israel on Friday night reported here by the Jewish press. That's 15 Israelis murdered in terror attacks over the last five weeks over the period of Ramadan and the period just before Ramadan. A 23-year-old security guard resident of Beit Shemesh was shot and stabbed to death late Friday night at the western entrance to the city of Ariel, that's in the Shomron, by two Arab terrorists, as seen in security footage from the scene. Uh, the video shows the men pulling up in a car, getting out, opening fire at the security post, returning to the car, and then getting out again, trying to stab the guard before driving away. The Israeli murdered in the attack, and I... I'm probably going to mispronounce his first name. Um, Vyacheslav Golev from Beit Shemesh, a resident of Beit Shemesh, a former student at Ariel University. He actually protected his fiancée who was working with him. He protected her with his body. They were together in the security booth outside of Ariel. Uh, and unfortunately, he lost his life. He dies a hero protecting his fiancée, sacrificing him, himself, saving her life. Golev survived by his parents and seven siblings, all residents of Beit Shemesh, along with his fiancée. The two suspects, the murderers, terrorists, the jihadists, both in their 20s, uh, were arrested uh, shortly afterwards. And um, the weapons used in the attack also recovered during the arrest. According to the IDF, uh, Israeli police in Shin Bet who ran the operation. The security forces will continue to work to bring to justice those who are involved in terrorist activity and with anyone who assisted them, according to a statement from the, all, three, all three of these security groups. But unfortunately, again, yesterday, another funeral, Israel buries a hero who dedicated his life to protecting civilians in the state of Israel, serving guard, just outside the community of Ariel in the Shomron. Just another sad and frustrating 
reality and one that makes you extremely angry that this is still going on. Uh, Times of Israel adds Israeli forces yesterday morning raided the hometown of the two terrorists who carried out the shooting during the operation in a, uh, it's a village there, uh, Korat Bani Hassan, the home of the terrorists, were measured and prepared for eventual demolition, according to the IDF. Let's see if they actually demolish the homes. Number one, if they demolish the homes, let's see if they do it in a timely manner. Uh, if at all, let's see if perhaps maybe they'll just demolish the rooms where the terrorists stayed, the bed, the bedrooms of the terrorists. But we've seen that in the past. Let's see if we can actually create a deterrence to prevent the next attack. That should be the goal. But overall, I want to talk about the overall situation. When you show weakness, you get terror. It's that simple, folks. Regardless if it's Prime Minister Bennett or Netanyahu or Barack or whomever, and this isn't a political statement, this is true for all Israeli leaders. When you show strength, the terrorists cower, and when you show weakness, the terrorists pop their heads up once again. And when the leader, at the same time, when the leader of the Western world is more concerned with so-called sporadic settler violence instead of jihadist terror instead of pay for slay you get attacks when you talk about concessions and two states and easing restrictions and opening pa consulates and wanting to bring back unesco you get terror weakness breeds terror and that is what we are seeing right now so what will our leadership do at the same time what will we demand from our leaders that might be a good question, but this must stop. And I know the brave soldiers of the IDF and the other security forces thwart so many attacks. But those at the top must say enough is enough. And that's what, ha that's what happens. Uh, that's what ha Sorry, I get tongue-tied here. I'm very frustrated, very sad, very upset. But that's what happened. That's See, I can't even talk. I can't even talk thinking about what's going on here. We have to take care of business, folks. Enough is enough. Uh, here's a, a surprising headline here. I just don't understand this. Israel National News. Again, sorry for being tongue-tied there. Um, trying to hold back emotion, actually. But it's just it's very, very upsetting. Diaspora Affairs Minister, according to Arucheva, Dr. Nachman Shai, called the month of Ramadan, which ended uh, apparently yesterday, he said it was, quote, relatively peaceful, despite the violence on the uh, surrounding Temple Mount, uh, despite the violence on and surrounding the Temple Mount, and the murder of a security guard on Friday night. He told Galait Sal, IDF Radio, we got through the month of Ramadan relatively peacefully. This, according to Minister Nachman Shai, I regret the attack over the weekend and others, but we can say to ourselves that our careful and restrained behavior has managed to achieve good results. What is he talking about? What planet is he on? 15 Israelis murdered? So technically, several of them were murdered a few days before Ramadan. Is that his point? To say this was a peaceful period with the Hamas flag and the PLO flag hanging 
from the Temple Mount, from Judaism's holiest site, from a premeditated daily premeditated daily attacks on Israeli security personnel and rocks, by the way, rocks and fireworks launched at worshippers down at the Kotel, the western wall below. How in the world can a government minister in charge of diaspora affairs claim that this was a relatively peaceful month? I don't know what reality he's living in. I don't know. Maybe he was on vacation. Maybe he was away. I have no idea what he is talking about. 11 people murdered in March. Another four murdered during Ramadan. And then another Israeli murdered in a shooting attack. I, I, I don't understand. 15 Israelis dead. This is peaceful. He is an, in an alternative, alternative universe. An alternate universe. I don't know what he's, he's, what he's talking about. And not only did they hang the Hamas flags and the PLO flags, they burned the Israeli flags, the jihadists on the Temple Mount, and they threatened to destroy Israel. And when did they do this? On Yom HaShoah, on Holocaust Remembrance and Martyrs Memorial Day last week. On that day, they threatened to throw the Jews into the sea. What planet does he live on? I don't know. At the same time, the Jewish press reports the head of Gaza's ruling Hamas terrorist organization, uh, Yawa Sin Sinwar, has threatened to attack synagogues around the world, not just in Israel, around the world, of Israel, in his words, violates the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Speaking on Saturday night in a speech that lasted more than an hour, Sinwar said, our people must prepare for a great battle. These are his words. If the occupation does not create this does not cease, rather, its aggression against the mosque, violating Al-Aqsa and Jerusalem. This means a regional religious war. Referring to a photo projected behind him that showed Israeli police officers inside the mosque on the Temple Mount, Sinwar threatened, whoever makes the decision to allow this photo to be repeated, the violation of Al-Aqsa, has decided to allow the violation of thousands of synagogues all across the world. He then went on and praised recent terror attacks and urged uh, the Arabs under the Palestinian Authority to continue the attacks. Also threatened to launch rockets once again, and so on and so forth. So this guy, the head of Hamas, threatens synagogues around the world. As former Prime Minister Menachem Begin said, when your enemy threatens you, you being the Jews, you should take it seriously. That's number one. Okay? You should believe your enemies. Believe what they say. And here is a direct threat against synagogues across the world. I hope those synagogues are listening, the heads of those synagogues are listening, and are taking the necessary security and precautions in light of that threat. Number two, for those in Israel who think that Israel should bolster Hamas, because we are afraid of who could take over next, who could take over Gaza, okay, and that's part of, uh, that's, that's really, that's the logic some people are using. Well, somebody worse might take over, really. How much... You know, how much poss possibility is there for something worse than Hamas? Oh, you could say ISIS is worse. 
These are all two sides of the same coin. Hamas, ISIS, the PA, some of them have beards, some don't, some wear suits, some make fancy videos and share fancy videos. Hamas has murdered hundreds of Israelis. And this guy threatens world Jewry, yet the trucks to take so-called humanitarian aid into Gaza, which are hijacked, the materials are hijacked by Hamas and used to build rockets and tunnels, that hasn't stopped. They may stop it for a day or two days, but that hasn't stopped. How much longer do we let Hamas leaders pop their head up? Okay, he, out in the open, as far as I know, gave a speech. How much longer do we let them pop their heads up? They are the ones causing chaos in Jerusalem. And as I said before, murdered hundreds. People forget they murdered hundreds of Israelis in suicide bombings in the Oslo War in the year 2000 through 2000, in the years 2000 through 2005. Have we forgotten who they are? Okay, maybe Hamas in, uh, in this past month didn't directly give the order to carry out these attacks. Maybe it was Fatah or other terror organizations. But again, two sides of the same coin. It's frustrating to see a speech like this. How can this man be above ground giving a speech? I don't know how we allow this. He should be in hiding at all times. And when he pops his head up, it should be taken off. This is pure evil here and must be dealt with accordingly. So... We need to get our act together, folks. Here in Israel, we need to get our act together against those who seek our destruction and threaten to attack synagogues around the world. The Jerusalem Post reports that the Mossad operating in Iran apprehended and interrogated an Iranian national who was leading a plot to kill an Israeli diplomat and a U.S. general, sources have confirmed. An audio recording released on Saturday showed a photo of Mansour Rasuli admitting he had been ordered to establish a cell to assassinate a worker at the Israeli consulate in Istanbul, Turkey. Um, a U.S. general stationed in Germany and a journalist in France. So here you have a terror plot planned by the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which he was a member of, from what I understand, okay, threatening Israel, threatening the U.S. Um, and again, this is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, terror organization coming out of Iran, uh, which is carrying out attacks around the world. But maybe somehow the U.S. will give in and claim that they're not a terror organization, right? They'll take them off. In order to get a deal with Iran, they're going to take that organization, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, off the list of world sponsors of terror. While they're the biggest sponsors of terror in the world, and they want, and they want, the Iranians want their terror branch not to be labeled as a terror org. So let's see if the world shows strength or goes with the appeasement, especially now that this story was revealed that they had planned to kill, to murder a U.S. general. Let's see how the U.S. reacts today, tomorrow, the next day. Let's see what the response is to this story that they wanted to kill not only an Israeli diplomat, but a U.S. general. The ball is in the court of the U.S. on this matter. Let's see what they do.
Here's some positive no, uh, news here. The Jerusalem Post reports the High Court of Justice greenlighted construction of a six-story, 31-unit apartment complex in Hebron, known as the Chizkiyahu Quarter. On Thursday, the High Court dismissed a petition against the project filed by the radical uh, left-wing, so-called left-wing Peace Now organization and the Hebron municipality, that's the Arab-controlled Arab municipality. The court decision closes the avenue for legal appeal against the project. Uh, this is great news. The first construction project to receive approval in 17 years. Once completed, the Chizkiyahu Quarter will allow for the expansion of the city's Jewish community who live in a section of the city under Israeli control. The Hebron Jewish community said that the court's decision ends a long legal campaign designed to try to deprive Jews of the basic human right, the ability to build a home. So that's definitely some very positive news for the Jewish community in Hebron and Hebron and for Jews in Israel and around the world. It's only, it's only a natural, a natural occurrence for Jews to build homes in Judea and Samaria and Hebron and Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and anywhere else in the country, it's natural for Jews to build in Israel. And Jews in Hebron should have that right as well. Uh, switching uh, gears here again, something I just wanted to share. I was given a, a very unique tour this past week of a brand new Magenda Vira Dome uh, building in the center of the country. Um, the project, $135 million, uh, and the money, a lot of the money, most of the money raised by American friends of Magenda Vida Dome. And what they have built is an underground blood bank, which can keep Israel's blood supply safe under doomsday scenarios. We're talking about chemical attacks, biological attacks. It's built 50 feet underground in this unbelievable building, really an architectural phenomenon. And I had the privilege of touring it, and you can read about it. Uh, I wrote an article for JNS News on this subterranean blood bank, uh, the first of its kind in the world, which is so crucial if, God forbid, we are in a situation of war or there's an earthquake or something tragic, God forbid, happens here in Israel, the place basically serves as its own city and will be able to process blood and distribute distribute blood where it is needed, whether it's in the hospitals, to the IDF, wherever it is. So check out my article here on MADA, Magenda Vida Dome's new underground blood bank. Really unbelievable stuff. Just an honor to be able to get a tour of the building and the underground facility and be able to write about it. So check that out. Let's move to Harvard University. The genius is at Harvard, right? Brilliant, brilliant school, brilliant institution, number one in the world, blah, blah, blah. Educated fools, educated idiots. Not everyone, of course, but some of them over there. The editorial board of the Harvard Crimson, the student-run newspaper at Harvard University, decided that they are going to endorse the BDS movement against the state of Israel. Okay, this was written up in an editorial. 
The Harvard Crimson, the board, the editorial board, has decided they are backing BDS. Uh, they also expressed support for Harvard's Palestine Solidarity Committee, a student group that has for the past week been hosting the school's chapter of the annual Israel Apartheid Week international event. And by the way, let's not kid ourselves here. I am sure a lot of those on that editorial board are sadly Jews. They're the ones leading the charge, I would bet, for the Harvard Crimson. We are talking about intellectual idiots. You know, my grandfather used to talk about these people. My grandfather of blessed memory. Intellectual fools. He said something to the effect of what happens when an an idiot or a fool gets his PhD, he becomes an educated fool. And that's the case here with the Harvard Crimson, those who support the BDS of Israel. What have they said about Iran, North Korea, China, anywhere else? Hundreds of thousands of killed in Syria and Ethiopia, Ethiopia, terror in Yemen, terror attacks in Yemen, yet they pick on Israel. These are intellectual fools, educated idiots. So if you are an American Jew, is this really where you want to send your kid? Is it really that important to send your kid to Harvard and deal with this stuff? Why not send them to a place like Ariel University or Bar Ilan? That's what I would recommend. Why even put up with this nonsense at Harvard and be exposed to this kind of hate against the Jewish state of Israel? Even if it is Harvard, so-called best school in the world, I don't know. doesn't seem like it to me. Might as well now turn to our weekly anti-Semite report here as Jews Worldwide, reported here by JNS. We're marking Yom HaShoah, Holocaust, Holocaust Martyrs and Heroes Remembrance Day on April 28th. Residents of Highland Park, Illinois, that's a suburb of Chicago, discovered anti-Semitic flyers on their front lawns. According to Mayor Nancy Rottering, several residents reported the littering of East Highland Park with with repugnant anti-Semitic hate speech on Yom HaShoah of all days. This activity is a continuation of ongoing effort to stoke hatred and mistrust throughout Illinois and the nation. Um, According to the Anti-Defamation League Midwest, incidents of anti-Semitism in Illinois rose 15%. Over the last year, with more than 50 hate crimes targeting Jews. On the other hand, I saw this video on Twitter yesterday. Maybe you saw this video of a guy who was harassing a Hasidic Jew in Antwerp, in Belgium there, over Shabbat. He got into his face. He was threatening him. So what did the Hasidic guy do? Full Shabbat garb. He had a strimal on his head. Big strimal. This Jew took the guy down. He tackled him and held him down till help arrived. And that is the way it's done. An anti-Semite gets in your face. Okay? You don't get beaten up. Or you don't cower. You fight back. And that's the way it's done. And this guy, again, had full Shabbat clothing, big strimal on his head. Hasidic Jew, he wasn't going to take it on Shabbat. Somebody was messing with him. He took the guy down. And that's what has to happen. 
those who try to threaten and harm the Jewish people need to know there's a price to pay. Go check out that video on YouTube. I don't know how you'll find a Google or uh, YouTube or Twitter, Antwerp, uh, Shabbat attack or whatever it is. You can find it on Twitter pretty easily on social media. Check it out. That, that's what we need here. More people like that who will not cower in the face of hate and terror and anti-Semitism. Somebody who will stand up and defend themselves. That's what we need. Finishing with, we'll call it more positive news here from Israel Ayom. A triumphant 24 hours for Israel at the European Judo Championships in Bulgaria. The Israeli national team took home uh, three medals, from what I understand so far. A bronze medal and a historic gold medal. Several bronze medals and a historic gold medal won by Timna Nelson Levy. This 27-year-old became the second Israeli woman to win gold in the history of the tournament, defeating Olympic silver medalist Sarah Leone Siskiu in the final of the women's under-57 kilogram event. The native Jerusalemite Nelson Levy, born to American parents who immigrated to Israel shortly after getting married. She's the first Israeli woman to win gold at the European Championships since Yael Arad in 1993. Again, a Jewish woman who can fight, who can defend herself. And in this case, we're talking about sports. She's fighting in uh, judo and came home with a gold medal from the European Championships. Congratulations to all, to the gold medalists, to those who won the bronze medalists. We are proud of you supporting the way that you are showcasing Israel's advancements in sports around Europe and around the world. So congratulations to those athletes. They make us proud. And that's going to do it for today's show. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Get in touch with me during the week, josh at thelandofisrael.com, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Shout out to Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Ben Bresky, engineer extraordinaire. Most importantly, between now and when we speak again next week after Yom Hazikaron, Israel's Memorial Day, it should be meaningful, and Yom Atzma'ut, it should be a lot of fun. When we speak again, please God, next Monday, everything should be good, you should be safe, only good things in this wonderful world of ours. Josh Hasten here again, coming to you from Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel. Nothing more natural than Jews living in Judea, folks just south of Jerusalem, Israel's eternal capital and the capital of the Jewish state. Have a great week, everybody. Shalom, shalom. Enhance your faith. Deepen your understanding. Align your destiny with the land of Israel. Every Sunday, the Land of Israel Fellowship features a live interactive Zoom session hosted by Jeremy Gimpel. That's the Land of Israel Fellowship, bringing the Torah from Judea to the world. For more information, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.